Welcome to Modern Musings, conversations with the maiden, mother, and crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. I am your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I would like to preface this episode by saying uh, normally this would have been Kristen's topic, and I know last week we mentioned that we were doing a topic on our favorite books, but we had something that happened that we felt deserved immediate attention, and we all agreed to kind of supplant that episode and move it later in the season and tackle the topic of the Barbie movie. And let me start out by saying that uh, I just wanted to go see this movie because I played with Barbies and, um, you know, this is Barbie is kind of an icon uh, to women. A lot of women played with Barbies and she means a lot of different. The doll means a lot of different things to a lot of different women. And I just kind of wanted to go check it out because it the previews made it look really cute. I love, love, love Margot Robbie. And she she looked like a perfect Barbie to me. And, I you know, I just went into this with no expectations whatsoever. But um, we decided to go as a girl group. Uh, Kristen, Amber, Raina, my niece Ashley, and I all went to this movie. And we... Or I don't know about their expectations, but and we'll talk about that in a moment. But what my expectation was, it was just going to be a fun kids movie, and you know, celebrating all things Barbie. And you know, partway through the movie, I think we all turned to look at each other and kind of went, "What?" And so it, the movie quickly became something more than just a fun kids movie. And so we all agreed that it was definitely worth. Uh, coming back, making notes, and doing this as a podcast right away while the the iron striking while the iron's hot, and so that's why we're here. And I'm your hostess today, and I will tell you that we have copious notes. So if you hear lots of rustling of papers, that's why. Um, but without further ado, I want to introduce my co-hosts today, Kristen Hessler and Amber Garvin. Hello, hey. and um. Hi Barbie. I, and uh, hi Barbie. Yeah. Hi Barbie. And we like I said this this was not supposed to happen like this, but it was it just felt uh like the timing was right. And so I wanted to start off talking about my expectations of the movie. Like I said, I had no expectations of it whatsoever when I told my husband that I was going to see it. He said uh that he had heard that it was a movie all about Ken's fragile masculinity. And I was like, okay. Um, it didn't seem like that from the previews, but I'll go, you know, whatever. And we'll, we'll, we will get to that topic later. But I, that was really all I knew about the movie. I loved Margot Robbie. Um, Ryan Gosling, you know, has, has been a favorite in a lot of movies. I love Barbie. I grew up with Barbie. And, and I explained to my husband that Barbie was a big um, deal to me as a child growing up because Barbie was all the things that I couldn't be. I could let her be all the things that I wanted to be. She was beautiful. She had a great figure. She had wonderful clothes. She had a dream house, a car, a camper, 
I played with Barbies. I played with Barbies until I was like 15 or 16 years old. So, um, and I, that's probably, I don't know how many girls play with them that long, but that was a long time and I still played with my Barbies. So I wanted to ask you to, um, before we get into the heavy parts of this topic, you know, what, what were some of your takeaways from the movie without addressing those heavy topics? Cause we will talk about those too, but, um, what made you want to go to the movie and what, what got you, what, what were you thinking? Well, um, I thought it was going to be a funny and more like slapstick, silly, uh, parody of Barbie. Yeah, more like yeah. a parody. A parody. I yeah, was I really did too. Because the commercials made it look like it was hilarious, and it was. And just wanted to point out that there are spoilers in here, so we're going to spoil the movie by talking all about everything that happened in the Good movie. Point. So, Good point. Um, I like to let people know that because if you have no intention of watching the movie, you should go ahead and listen because you might decide that you want to watch the movie. But um, if you want to go see the movie... If you want to go see the movie, press pause, go see the movie, and, and then, then come, come back. back. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to spoil the movie for you um, because that was the exciting part for me was that I wasn't expecting it to be as deep as it was. There were lots of really funny parts of that movie, and I was laughing the whole time. And... Um, I also really liked how they portrayed just the glamour of Barbie too. It was very colorful, very visually appealing. The music was fantastic. I've been enjoying listening to the <laughs> the, uh, the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's just so many talking points. When we went to go see it the second time, I wrote seven pages of notes and in the dark, so they're kind of messy, but. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised, though, yes. Well, uh, when I went into the Barbie movie, I, well, I expected it, and I was actually on the phone with my friend and co-worker on the way to meet y'all for the movie, and I was telling her, I was like, I bet this is going to be a dystopian movie. Just from oh. the previews, okay. uh, Barbie land, everything, and then she comes to a sudden realization in the previews. I was thinking, well, they're setting that up to a very giver-esque dystopian movie. Okay. And so my expectation, and I was right, it was a dis. well... Barbie Land is, I guess, considered a utopia, mm -hmm. but in reality, For it's a dystopia. Yes. Which is how most utopias turn out anyway. <laughs> this is true. Did you have any, Kristen was talking about the aesthetics of the movie. Did you have any other things uh, that surprised you in it? I know when we were talking, Kristen... Talk. Oh, the movie references, for sure. Right. There was a lot of movie references. Well, definitely the 2001 Space Odyssey at the very beginning. The opening scene, yes. And I, like, I remember seeing that as a preview for another movie that Jason and I, I saw over the summer, like The Flash or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. Okay, that's a funny preview. I didn't expect it to be actually in the in, movie. In the movie, yeah. Yeah, I just thought that it was just like a teaser. Right, That it wasn't right. the first two minutes of the movie or whatever and I really did enjoy all of the Kubrick references in the movie okay, okay. yeah and uh, different things too like um the aesthetic was really cool 
I remember reading about how they ran out of pink paint when they were making the movie because there was so much pink in the movie. But, of course, that's what you expect from Barbie is (laughs) pink. Because I remember having the big pink Barbie Cadillac when I was a kid. So, And then the pink Barbie A-frame dream house when I was a kid. So, of course, you would expect everything to be pink. Another one thing that I didn't expect was the other characters. I thought it was just going to be all Barbies. But then there were other characters from Barbie Land as well that I did not expect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, but one of them being particularly um, Midge, yeah, the pregnant yeah. Barbie, yeah, the pregnant um, Barbie, which is actually kind of a joke in the in the movie about um, Midge was too weird, so she got discontinued. Yes, they said pregnant doll. There's like a narrator in the movie, and she's played said, by Heron, Helen Mirren. Oh yes, yes thank you. Mm-hmm. And she says. A pregnant doll is just too weird. And I was like, seriously, why is that weird? Like, well, I remember what? when uh, our society is weird. They that came we out with weird. the pregnant doll yeah. and I thought it was weird. And I was a little kid. So, well, I, I, I'm with Kristen, though. I'm like, why is a pregnant doll? Why is pregnancy a weird thing? That's the only way you exist on this planet is from coming. Well, from I, that I think that maybe like uh, parents don't want their kids, kids to-, to play with a pregnant doll because the kids emulate like the doll and the idea and the aesthetic so if you give a kid a from a parent perspective maybe even a teacher's perspective if you give a kid a pregnant doll this kid's gonna be like oh i want to be pregnant right that in fact that was actually uh according to wikipedia that was the reason it was discontinued because parents had an outrage about it because they thought that it was promoting teen sexuality or you know teen sexuality and teen pregnancy but but actually technically midge was an older character she was and barbie herself is not a teenager barbie is a young adult and um you know theoretically midge was married and you know had having babies well yeah i know like they had like the whole wedding midge and everything like that but i mean i think that like I, i guess because primarily even though barbie's an adult it's kids playing with kids Barbie. Playing with I mean, yes, yeah. adults play with Barbie too, I'm sure. But uh, f- maybe even more from like a, hey, let's put it on my shelf perspective. Because I know I still probably have my holiday Barbies in their original box, mm-hmm. boxed up somewhere in my attic or something like yeah. that. So not that it's on my shelf or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying like a... Adults probably do have Barbies, Barbies like from a from a uh, perspective of displaying them, but like these kids are primarily playing with Barbies. So if it's like a pregnant Barbie that has a baby, because you can right right push its belly and the baby opens up and there's the baby right i I can see why parents would be mad i think the mech to me the weirdest thing about the midge doll was the mechanism by which the baby is born and and midge becomes not pregnant anymore so it was actually unrealistic yeah yeah, Yeah. and and that could be very confusing for children because actually the the pregnancy tummy comes off like a lid and the baby is inside of it and you pull the baby out and then (laughs) like a like a Mr. Potato Head. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. yes, yes. So, so, Kristen, do you remember those 
stuffed animals. This is a weird thing, and I don't think they sell them anymore. They were called puppy surprise, where it yeah. was like you pull out oh. the babies oh. out of the yes. stuffed animal. Yeah. That's kind of the same concept now that I'm thinking about it. And, well, you know, that is, um, it's an interesting point because there are a lot of toys that over the years that have been designed to emulate childbirth or animal birth or whatever and and in a lot of cultures from the shelves (laughs) right and a lot a lot of cultures those things are celebrated those things are part they are a normal part of life and so um covering up that you're (laughs) hiding that fact is is we are the only culture where that is such a weird thing you know and I, I don't want to get too well, deep yes, into I was the, about to say, like we, we could go well, on like a completely oh, yeah. different. I was going to say there's so many different things that this movie touched oh, on my gosh. just so briefly many. enough to make you think like, oh, right. that made me think. And then the movie keeps going and they're going on about something else. And you're just like, oh, wow, wait, wait, wait I got to come back pause. to that. I got to come yeah. back to that. Yeah. So that's why we had so many notes. And when we came back, I had like six pages of notes and then I downloaded uh I went to a website that had a list of all the quotable quotes and it wasn't even all of the quotable quotes, but it was quite a few of them. And I was like furiously highlighting them. And I mean, like right up until right before we started recording today, I was still making notes about the things I want to talk about on this movie. Um, and, and it may be the case that like our Eckhart Tolle coverage of, of a new earth, we may come back and reference this movie a lot um because i think there's just so much in it that is discussion worthy did you have anything oh well i didn't i didn't ask you about how how long either of you played with your barbies i'm trying to remember when Kristen got rid of her barbies i'm pretty sure i only stopped playing with mine because we moved here to the metroplex when I was 13 or 12 13 yeah and i didn't have like a person that i already played with them out here so and you didn't play with them by yourself and I enjoyed playing them with someone else yeah yeah yeah. and and so you were 13 and what about you Amber um I was probably that age yeah middle schoolish 13's what like eighth grade-ish something like about the same age as the the character in the movie yeah yeah so yeah Sasha, yes, yeah, she was middle school, yes. I remember um, moving to our new house, and in the den, I had set up all my Barbie houses and stuff like that, and then I want to say either my, I think my eighth grade year, seventh or eighth grade year, I got a computer and a computer desk for Christmas, so the Barbies went up, and Mm -hmm. I got a computer. I started playing on the computer the barbies went in the box and i started playing on the computer (laughs) well and i will say you know that i like Kristen, my barbie a lot of my barbie play was with other girls and that's why at age 15 i was still playing with barbies Uh, i didn't necessarily play with them you know from probably 12 or 13 i guess Uh, i didn't really play i guess i had them displayed right by myself only child i didn't play yeah with them just displayed and so mine I still had mine and so when girls came over and I had Barbies so we would 
play Barbie together at 15. But I, I didn't really so much play with Barbies. Uh, but my sister and I, right, right up to that point, had built... Uh, my dad was teaching us how to build our own Barbie dream house from, uh, my dad was a carpenter. And so he was teaching us, uh, woodworking skills and things. And she and I built our very own Barbie dream house. It was a two story with a roof that lifted off on a hinge, uh, and opened up where you could store all the Barbie clothes in the lid and, we were painting the walls and putting wallpaper and carpet samples on the floors. And, you know, it was like a dream house or like a, like a dollhouse, like you go to Michael's mm-hmm. and buy a dollhouse and buy all the furniture for, but we were building it ourselves from scratch. And so it wasn't as much Barbie play as it was design. Yeah. Um, we were, and he was teaching us carpentry schools cause we learned how to use a skill saw and a jigsaw and hammers and nails and things like that. And so that was a really good thing, you know, um, very, an empowering thing for me at the time too. So, so that was, that was my Barbie play at that time. I'm going to say that like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I really liked actually like not you know like walking around mm-hmm. and stuff but like kind of like you said design I would turn my whole room into like a Barbie neighborhood I was and about to say the, the same bookshelves thing. would like be like an apartment complex aspect. and yeah. there would be like mm-hmm. each shelf was a different condo uh, for each of my Barbies and my best friend who lived down the street from me our favorite thing to do was to sort the clothes like oh, we would gosh, spend yes. most of our time sorting out the clothes and we would mix hers and my things together but we knew like that's was mine who's, and yeah. there was mm. that was some really good sharing and trust yes because there yes. was no like oh my god she might steal my dress or oh i forgot my dress you know i was really good at maintaining my barbie inventory and yeah. um you know we loved to share i loved her uh barbie fashion was a little bit more current i had a lot of like hand-me-down barbies we would go to the flea market and get barbie clothes i had some really old stuff and and she had a lot of like the new 90s mm-hmm. stuff so it was really fun to swap because she liked my old barbie clothes and i liked her new stuff and that was really fun we would just take the clothes and just okay you get a dress you get a dress you get a dress and that, i felt like that really instilled a lot of sharing and playing right. well with others for me I th- and i think a lot of girls play that way too mm-hmm. i like amber was saying that too my my sister and i have an aunt that's um like 20 months older than me so we're all very close in age and and we played that way too. We spent more time splitting out the clothes, accessorizing, and, and yeah, that's what I we mainly would, we would, did. We would take turns. You know, I pick this dress, you pick that dress. I pick this dress, you pick that dress, and and then we'd get everything such separated out, and then we'd pick different areas of the living room or the bedroom or whatever, and that was going to be my apartment, and there's your dream house, and you know, whatever mm-hmm. furniture we had, we'd set it up. And, and by the time we got all done with that, it was time to eat. And we never did really play do much play. Yeah. Um, I did some little play with my sister, uh, mostly with GI Joe's and Barbie. And that's a <laughs> whole nother topic there. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think a lot of girls played that way too. And it, and you're right. It is a really good, um, metaphor for, um, sharing or I guess not a metaphor but um you know a a mechanism for sharing (coughs) and and learning some of those skills as well um do y'all have anything else to add on that 
those topics or anything before I dive into the really deep stuff? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I, I have a kind of a list of things and it kind of goes in movie order. Um, but, and, and I'm going to start with the beginning of the movie and it kind of goes with something I was telling my husband before I, uh, went to the movie, because when I told him I was going to the movie, um, there was a part of me that felt like I had to justify why I was going to the Barbie movie because I am a almost 60 year old woman. Why am I going to a Barbie movie? Well, there were people of all ages there, oh, including this, teenage boys. Oh yes, this is true. And, <laughs> um, and we'll talk about some of that too. But, um, but yeah, I was like, um, I, I don't know. It, it just kind of felt like, why am I going to the Barbie movie? And I had, I felt like I had to justify that. Um, and, and I explained it, you know, as I grew up with Barbie, Barbie was all the things that I wanted to be. She was beautiful. She was five foot nine. She has a, I think they said a 36, 16, 34 build, you know? Um, so she's very curvy. She has beautiful clothes. She has her own dream house. She has her own car. She has all these things. Her life is perfect, whatever. And, but Barbie, Barbie also represented something that didn't exist for me as a child. And that was the opportunity to be things like a doctor or a lawyer or, um, something like that, because when I was a child, there, there just weren't a lot of those things. So the movie, as, as we said, here's the spoilers, tune out, go watch the movie. If you don't want to hear them, um, it starts out with this very, um, Stanley Kubrick-esque version, uh, a Barbie-esque version of Stanley Kubrick's, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, uh, the opening scene where the apes are kind of sitting around and the the monolith appears in the morning when they wake up. And, and so the dialogue goes um, like this. Since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... And then here's the monolith and it's a Barbie, a giant, Barbie. a giant Barbie. Yes. And so then the little girls start playing with the Barbie and, um, and they talk about it, how the, how the dolls, um, that we played with. And I was five, uh, Barbie was only five years old when I was born. So Barbie was still pretty new and, uh, there really weren't any other dolls except for baby dolls. And they talk about how the, the only thing that girls could aspire to be was a mommy. That was the only thing we could play with unless we played with boys toys. Um, so the girl toys were dolls and the dolls were always baby dolls. And it kind of left that it was, you know, uh, in the movie, the, the Hel Helen Mirren uh, quotes, uh, also says um, it can be fun for a while, but ask your mother. Yeah, <laughs> ask your mother. You know, there's there's some fun things to it, but it, you know, it gets old. It does, and so 
you know, the idea was that Barbie changed everything. And, um, and there is actually a quote in the movie that says Barbie changed everything. And then she changed it again. And, um, when she came out in 1959, um, they, they had the premise that the story of the, of the movie is that the premise was that they were creating Barbie and it allowed girls to dream and to be something more than just, you know, marriage and motherhood and all those things. And in the movie, they felt like they had fixed all of the problems of feminism for girls. And in Barbie land, everything was perfect. Um, in fact, they start out with a day in the life of Barbie and she wakes up and her hair is fixed and she takes a perfect shower and she has a perfect breakfast and her clothes pop on her and she doesn't even have to walk out of the house. She just kind of floats down and they're all friends. All There's no jealousy. The friends are all just friends with each other. Um, their perfect world is this perfect feminist society where the girls, the Barbies have all the jobs and, um, and the Kens are just Kens. It's kind of like the opposite of what the real world is. And, you know, by thinking that they fixed everything, it just swung everything the opposite direction. And in the real, in the real world, it's still, it's not perfect. It didn't really fix everything. Right. Right. I mean, we all, I think as women, we all agree that to that. Um, and I, but, but the idea that Barbie, Barbie was empowering. I think Barbie was empowering. Um, and it did change things, but the movie goes on to, to some other points that are kind of the dark side that, that it didn't address that Barbie didn't fix everything. I and think you can't expect that just because Barbie introduces this independence in women that Barbie is the only thing that carries it. It just sparks the flame. But there's other tools and people that carry that forward. Just like saying the Model T, we're not still driving around in Model Ts. We have newer cars. We have newer technology. We're They're better. They're improved. Right. Yeah. Right. We've landed on the moon now. We're going to see Mars and right. other stuff. So just to to say that like Barbie just because Barbie started that or was a crucial piece of that and to expect Barbie to be the end all be all of that and to hold the answer for women's liberation is absurd. Right, right, right. No, I, I agree. There is no end all be all fix all. Um, and we'll talk about that some too. I've got, I've got some thoughts that wrap up the movie that go along with those ideas. Um, I, I was interested in how, uh, Barbie has, uh, a crisis and she has to go to the real world. And once they get to the real world, Ken sees that everything is the opposite. The real world is the opposite of this utopia Barbie land, right? Yeah. Well, like in the Barbie movie, Ken is just Barbie's accessory in Barbie yeah. land. You know like what? A, he exists only it, and it even comments in the movie that Ken's day is not happy unless Barbie acknowledges him. Right. And, you know, I, the thing that I thought of when I saw that is, isn't that a mirror? A, a Women reverse? in the 40s? 
Well, yeah. it's it's the women woman's, in general. It's right. the women's world. That's yeah. that was us. A woman is nothing. I know a lot of women who think they can't, they aren't anything unless they're in a relationship with a man, and and they're, they're not happy unless a man is talking to them or whatever. Yes, and there's a lot of women out there that still still feel that. Um, so I think this movie kind of addresses that issue as well. Um, but yeah, Ken. Ken actually comes out into the real world and he sees that the patriarchy exists and that he is admired and, um, you know. Yes, when they're on Venice Beach, they come in skating and they're like absurd 90s skating outfit. You know, like yeah, I know Barbie because there was like a, a thong. There was inline skate yeah. Barbie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Skate yeah I had a that thong one. Yeah. And like, so you know what I think I did too. Yeah, they came roller skating in the beach, and everyone is gawking at them. And the funny thing is, they're catcalling both of them and laughing at both of them yeah. and admiring both of them because everybody has their own opinions. But both of them feel completely different. Barbie feels really insecure, and now she doesn't understand why everyone's looking at her. And she and has why the, she's she being feels an, she objectified. Feels, she's yeah, she's objectified. She feels an undertone of violence. Mm-hmm. Ken even says, "I don't feel an undertone of violence." Yeah, he uh, actually he really feels um, uplifted by it. He's like, yes. "People admire me." Well, I, I people actually, are paying attention to me. I, Barbie I wrote, never pays attention. I wrote to me. a note there um, that. Men get natural respect just for being a man. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, but that doesn't happen with women. But it does at Barbie land. Right. Right. And it's weird because men get natural respect from men and women just for being a man. And I've uh, noticed that like uh, in a lot of people, like in dealing with people where I give advice and a man gives advice as well and it's not listened to until the man gives the advice yes oh there's a scene where they go let me show you where all the kens um are saying like uh to that they're gonna show barbie how to do something she doesn't know how to do and all the kens are like let me show you and they're talking about how they like man what do you call that mansplain things Yeah. yeah 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 um yeah, there's there's a lot of correlations in Barbie land that are exactly the opposite of, yeah, of what things really are. And I think what you're talking about is later on when right, it becomes when it kind of, land. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, I was talking, they were talking about in the movie, um, Barbie winds up at Mattel and finds that Mattel is run by men still. And there's a whole lot of stuff pack unpackaging to go there she was very shocked when she found out that mattel was run by a man will ferrell played by will ferrell right and and that whole thing goes a lot into like the barbie's physical shape and stuff the fact that men are the ones who design what barbie looks like what the ideal barbie doll should be looking like it's not women who are designing that it was mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. and well he even calls her a jezebel yes and he everyone does is like, and everyone's like oh gosh like you can't and say he's that. like oh you can't say that now <laughs> like right right um but meanwhile ken is out there in the real world and he's like 
um, seeing guys work out and high fiving each other and all this stuff. Corporate man corporate, talk. Yes. Um, and dismissive of their secretaries or whatever. And, and she's very submissive and she moves off to the side and just sits there weak and dumb. And, but he somehow, I can't remember how he gets into this conversation, but he approaches a business man. I think he's trying to get a job mm-hmm. and he tells the guy, uh, well, give me a job because I want a job. I'm a man. And the guy said, well, I can't just give you a job because you're a man. Yeah. He said, you have to have a degree. You have to have a degree or something like that. And, um, and he was, and Ken said, well, you're not doing patriarchy very well. And the, the answer from that character was, we do. We just hide it better. Well, so, yeah, it's the, nowadays, of course, they hide it better, but it's still but very it's much still a there. patriarchy. Right. And, um, and so the, the point is, is that there were some women in Mattel. Barbie actually didn't, uh, was brought to Mattel by a woman, Ruth Handler. Her husband was one of the co-founders of Mattel. Um, she saw the Barbie, a, a doll similar to Barbie in Germany while they were on a trip to Europe. And she basically took, she bought some of the dolls, came back and presented the dolls to Mattel. So she really didn't design. People think she designed the doll. She did not design the doll. She actually copied another doll and Mattel was actually under lawsuit from the German company uh, that created the doll for copyright infringement or whatever whatever the case was was um, so uh, even though Mate- the Barbie was started by a woman she did not invent the doll and the the no, character I know she didn't invent it yeah. but she was credited for designing Barbie. But she did not design Barbie at all. She did not do anything towards the design. She just brought the idea to Mattel. And she had actually brought the idea to Mattel before they came up with this doll because she saw that her daughter, Barbara, was playing with paper dolls and that she was using the paper dolls in adult ways. So instead of playing babies with paper dolls, she was cutting out paper dolls and making them grown women and doing things with them. And so she, she actually presented Mattel, which was populated by men, uh, with this idea and they, they shut her down. And it wasn't until they saw the popularity of the dolls that she brought from Germany that they accepted the idea. And, and like I say, they basically stole the idea from the German company and um, if you look at the pictures of the doll, they are strikingly similar. There is no way that she had any design <laughs> input in that at all. Um, the, do- the dolls are almost identical. And uh, it's kind of sad. She actually was later removed from Mattel um, over some diff- some things. Um, in the movie, they say it was because of the IRS Um, it wasn't the IRS. She and her husband were, um, creating fraudulent bookkeeping records. So they were probably embezzling. Um, I, I don't know the details of that, but that's kind of what it sounds like. So, um, but yeah, the, the design of the dolls was, uh, after a kind of floozy girl character in a comic strip in Germany. And, um, and she was uh, 
she never really got updated, uh, you know, other than some technology that helped change the shape of her arms, bendable arms, bendable legs, um, some things like that. She, her proportions never changed or anything like that until much, much, much later. And that has, it's kind of a reflection of what men, the men at Mattel or whatever, wanted to see in the perfect woman and really not representative at all of what an actual woman looks like. I think you also have to take into consideration what people will buy. Well, that is true. Yeah. But do you think if they had had a more realistic looking doll, still glamorous, but more realistic, do you think that they would still have bought it? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Um, I think that... I don't think so. I think people are more willing to buy something that's more idealistic than what's more realistic because that's why they purchase it. Because the whole purchasing power is that you are gaining something that you don't have. Yeah. Well, I mean... That's why you're buying it in the first place. the ideal woman was like a... Was very much that... That's way what it was. back in the 40s that the was 40s the 40s and 50s that ideal was the ideal magazine woman, right, woman right. that's how why she I'm saying. but if you so. but if you look later in the like the the 70s or whatever when you have models like twiggy who who was very flat that's why and, they came out with skipper <laughs> yeah maybe so but skipper wasn't tall either um but yeah i mean there's uh, they did, Mattel did later come out with different races of Barbie, you know, different skin tones, different mm-hmm. things like that. And the idea was because people wanted dolls that they could relate to. Right. You know, and they couldn't relate to this blonde. Right. But they had to target the audience that had the most money at the time. Well, that's true. That is true so. also. So, um, Anyway, they as as I go on, um, we've talked about the the. So in fact, uh, this kind of leads right into that because the the doll the doll in the cartoon strip was a bimbo, and I think at some point in the movie, Barbie gets called a bimbo. Oh, I love that quote. I tried to write it. I couldn't write it all oh, down either. But. So fast. They talked so fast. Every time they said something that was just like genius, I was like, oh, you're talking too fast. Yes. But. And and it was um, it was something along the lines of Barbie's not a bimbo. She's a doctor and a lawyer and a, you know, she says all these things because I think a lot of people perceive the doll as being a bimbo in some ways. Well, and- that's another pop culture thing. Like the blonde person in the movies with the big boobs is always it's the bimbo. Always is the bimbo. Is, especially like in a horror movie, the blonde oh. girl, ah, always a bimbo. Right. And, and, and Margot Robbie's Barbie character, you know, goes on to say Barbie is not a bimbo. She was supposed to be all these things, you know, and, but there's that whole, that song, uh, Barbie girl, I'm a Barbie girl and a Barbie. It's a whole spoof of, of Barbie making fun of how shallow an idea Barbie is because some people perceive Barbie as just being this shallow character that's only interested in fashion. Clothes, yeah. Clothes. Clothes, fashion, uh, like the song Life is Plastic, it's fantastic yeah. because 
you know, fake boobs, fake hair, yeah. Barbie girl. Yeah, that's that's and, it. And uh, and a lot of people, that is their perception of what Barbie is. And her argument was that Barbie was actually more than that. Um, but at the same time, the Sasha character, who is the young teen, mm-hmm. she says um, to Barbie, you've been making women feel bad about themselves since you were invented. And that's kind of true, too, because like young girls look at Barbie and when they grow up, their life, their, is their, not like Barbie. their life is not like Barbie. They don't have everything. They don't have the boobs. They don't have the perfect butt. They don't have the hourglass figure, the hips, the blonde hair, the car, right. and all the, the car, and that, and that the goes kin, back to whatever. Like it does, they do. Barbie does, in a sense, when girls grow up, make them everything. disappointed mm-hmm. about themselves. You know, Barbie has everything. Little girls don't. The grown-up girls don't there's never gonna be i mean i'm not gonna say never gonna be a kin but you know what i mean yeah barbie doesn't explain you have to work for all of those things yeah right right but but the idea was you know uh, according to the movie was the idea was that by creating barbie and allowing girls to dream that they could be those things that they would dream about being those things and then they would move on into becoming those things and and yeah, in some ways that like is a true cut like people right. don't want to well, like try to become they just want to be like Ken but, just wanted to be a doctor right like, you know. but there but in a lot of ways it is true that barbie did provide those things because women at that time that barbie came out women were not doctors they were not supreme court justices they were not on the cabinet of the of our government you know they didn't do all of those things and allowing barbie you know barbie allowed them to dream about becoming an astronaut and if you can dream it you can be it right so if you can't even dream it you're never going to be it and that was that was the point of that i think and um but i you're right it doesn't take it far enough it doesn't um show that you have to go to school and you have to get good grades and you have to do all these things yeah and I think that was like I think that's the disappointing aspect that she was talking about like uh I'm gonna grow up and be just like Barbie and be a doctor well you're you're 18 you're grown up but now you have to spend like 20 more years in school to be a doctor well and women women look at Bob Barbie's figure and they and they lament that they will never they feel bad about themselves because they don't look as pretty as Barbie Right. And that's we have, not Barbie's it, fault. That's not Barbie's fault. That is but our they society. Blame Barbie. But they blame Barbie. Some people blame Barbie for that. And and again, I go back to the thing. Barbie wasn't designed by women. Barbie was designed by men. Men chose that ideal figure. Mm-hmm. And then um, there are people that spend millions of dollars to try to, to make to look themselves like look Barbie that way. Yes, they or do. Ken. So Margot Robbie talks about how men, you know, in the real world. Men look at her like she's an object and girls hate her. And then um, that is followed by Sasha, the, the young girl character, saying, women hate women and men hate women. It's the one thing we can agree on. Oh, that, that, that really like got me in the movie because I say that all the time. Women hate 
women. Honestly, like, who talks more crap about women about women than, than women. women? Now, men do not do that th- to themselves, to each other. Men are jealous of each other sometimes. Uh, yeah, but they do have their methods of bullying, right? Yeah, but, men, men are kind of uh, gossipy, but women are terrible. I, you know, I I've worked in office places where there were lots of women, and I. Honestly, one of the main reasons I left the workforce to be to work at home was because I hated working with other women because they are so catty. They cut each other down in order to build themselves up and step on each other. Yes, to yes. Get to the top or are in competition with each other. To get the male gaze attention. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same way with, like, students in a class. Like, uh, the girls, especially if there's a cute boy in the class, will um, step on each other to get the cute boy's attention. Yeah. Or or to get the job. They will step on their coworkers to get the job. If you have a corporate world where 90% of the employees are men and there's only... 10% 10% are women, those women have to fight over each other to get, to get promotions. that 1% job, right? Yeah, yeah. Or that 10% job or whatever it is. And, and it is, and we, that society, I, I have a theory about this because in the movie, um, in, uh, Ken goes back to Barbie land and he takes the idea of patriarchy back to, to, to Barbie land. And so he turns Barbie land upside down and the way that the Barbies, get their power back is by turning the Kens on each other. Now, how do they turn the Kens on each other? By making them jealous Mm -hmm. and making them want to fight. And I'm thinking, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking that's exactly what happens in the real world. Men turn women against each other. Men make women jealous of each other. Men set up this system where we have to fight and claw at each other. Men love a cat fight. Men love a cat fight. And they allow it to happen. They they don't just allow it to happen. They create the environment which promotes it to happen. And I I think that is one of the ways that we are kelt down. That, you know, that in the real world, men keep women in this thing where there's always friction between other the women box. huh they keep them in the box in the box like the barbie they, they um, wanted to put her in the box to control her that's to control exactly her. what it is yeah they have to put us in some type of box to control us because they are afraid that we will strip them of their strip power them of their power exactly and and by keeping us fighting with each other we are weakened and therefore cannot fight against their patriarchy. And I'm not saying all men are this. That is not, and that is not what the Barbie movie is saying either. The Barbie, the Barbie movie is just saying that you cannot go on and pretend that this stuff doesn't exist. It's, it's still there. It, it has not been fixed. We have not fixed this problem. Just like racism is still here. Uh, All inequalities, they're all still there. And all of these things that, all of these little things that keep a different group oppressed, keep the group that's in power in power. 
and they are never going to want to fix it unless we can make it so that they can still have their own power that you have to convince people that by giving me power, I'm not taking away from your power. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Gloria has a monologue and this is the big, the big, big, big thing of the movie. I think Um, it's the thing I read about the most when I started researching what I wanted to talk about and how I wanted to address this. Should we read it? Do you want to read it? Yeah, read it because okay. it's nothing that's new under the sun. It's oh, it is not. Everything no. she says was 100% true. It's something I've felt. It's something I've heard or seen online before. Right. Yeah. It, it, you felt it. Okay. Well, and I will I will add to this that I, I read a part of an article um, from America Ferreira who plays the character Gloria, who does this monologue in the movie. Um, and you may remember her as Ugly Betty. She is a phenomenal actress, a uh, beautiful person. Which let's not even start on the name of that show. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have a whole other thing about that, too. But um, but she, she was giving an article or giving an interview in Time Magazine, and um, she said, there is no woman in my life who those words aren't true for not a single one. And when we hear the truth, it hits a certain way and you can't unhear it. And so here is her, uh, monologue. Uh, it starts, it starts out because Barbie says I'm not good enough for anything because the Barbie, um, the, uh, what was she? The stereotypical. stereotypical stereotypical Barbie is Margot Robbie. She's just a blonde Barbie. She doesn't really have a job. Um, she's just Barbie. She's just the plain blonde Barbie. Well, she says, like, when you think of Barbie, people think of me. Just right. Barbie. She is the one you think of. Um, but she doesn't really have a job. And she talks about that. I'm not good enough for this. I, I, I can't be a. She said, I haven't been to the moon. I, I can't be a doctor. And she listed off all of these things that. None of us have ever None done. None of us have ever done. One tiny yeah. percentage of right. human And she is, she is, this, this is where she's, um, she's beating herself up for not being all those things when all the other Barbies are. And she says, I'm not good enough for anything. And I know we've all felt that before. And so Gloria's answer to this is, it's literally impossible to be a woman. You're so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't even think you're, that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that would be crass. You have to be a boss. But you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. 
So find a way to acknowledge that, but always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. And I apologize. I know I did not read that as well as she read that in the movie. I It brought me to tears. It was a really good monologue. Yes. It was yes. a great monologue. Um, she Probably she, one of the best movie monologues I've heard lately. In a while. Yeah. And um, America Ferrera did say that it took her like three days or something like that to 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 go through i don't know how many cuts they went through to get it perfect (laughs) um but it was it was really perfect oh and then and she goes on to say i'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us and if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women then i don't even know and it is we're we are condemning Barbie for being a floozy and a bimbo and not fixing the mm-hmm. or having the wrong figure or yeah. having the wrong <laughs> figure or whatever. Just the same way we attack real women in the real world. So um, it it just. Well, I always have said the biggest hater of women is other women. Oh, I'll, I'll, absolutely. I think so. And, and it's really hard. I, I'm really surprised, um, because I've had so many negative situations with other women being catty, being competitive with each other. Um, men can compete with each other in a very, um, non-personal way. Um, men can compete for a job and it's, there's nothing personal. They can still be friends, but if women compete for a job, it's like a personal attack attack. attack. And, and if, if some woman, um, makes an attack like that on you, if someone woman competes with you for a man, for a job looks better than you, that is like this unforgivable thing. And you will hate that woman for the rest of your life. You know, that's, (laughs) it's set up to be that way. so true <laughs> it is it's set up to be that way Y'all need and some Eckhart Tolle <laughs> <laughs> um so you know it is it's all about ego everything always comes back to ego oh yeah well I mean it's always um, I mean even if you say oh nothing's about me it's always about yourself like uh if uh somebody gets promoted over you and then you're just like Ugh. I've been here longer, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, well, maybe that person did has done a better job than you and you don't realize it. Right. Have you looked at what things you're doing wrong? But, but we never look at ourselves and find what we did. Well, I say we never do that. We do. We look at ourselves and criticize ourselves all the time. But are we looking at ourselves honestly or are we just saying, I can't do anything right like Barbie did, mm-hmm. you know? I can't do anything. Now, I want to say, like, um, we don't look at ourselves honestly. Going back to the Eckhart Tolle thing, and of course, Tolle thing, and of course, the Barbie movie. Like, um, especially women, we don't look at ourselves honestly. 
um, maybe because we've been beaten down or we have an overly overly inflated ego. Right. It's really hard. And men too. People just, it's really hard for people in general to look at themselves honestly like, hey, this is what I'm doing wrong and this is what I can do to be better. Right. I think that comes back to shadow work um, in a lot of ways. Why am I reacting this way towards this? Yes, I felt that way in the movie. So um, when Barbie goes to meet Sasha at school and she's with her friends and that's where she says, you know, you are uh, sexualized capitalism, unrealistic ideals, innate sense of worth, rampant consumerism. You know, she was talking about all all the bad negative things about Barbie. And I thought, you know... At one point in my life, I was negative Barbie, um, against Barbie because of something that I saw that I didn't like. And I look back down, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, why didn't I like Barbie? Oh, because of her figure. She was over-sexualized. But was she really? I mean, she wasn't, like, being a tramp. She was no. just voluminous body and in that stage in my life when I didn't like that about Barbie I also was insecure about my own own physical yeah and so my question is that's what what is it about Barbie that you don't like that she has to offer for society ask yourself why you don't like that what is it about your life that you're missing in that or you have too much of right right I I agree absolutely um So my question is, um, if, if all these things are true and they are, I mean, honestly, these things are true that all the things you said about Barbie being rampant consumerism and over sexualized figure and things like that, but also at the same time, things like glorious monologue are also true that we are expected to be sexy. We are expected to be thin, but we can't say we're thin. We can't say that we want to be thin. We have to say, I want to be healthy. And, but being healthy means you also have to be thin. You know, how do we reconcile these things? How, where do we go from here that we make those things not true anymore? How do we, go from all these terrible um, conundrums that we find ourselves in, in admiring Barbie, what do we do to fix that? Yes. I know. I know. So there was a part in the movie that it made me cry. Just thinking about it makes me cry. There was an older woman sitting on a bench. Um, older woman as in like my great grandmother older. She was sitting on a bench and Barbie had just come to realize she had awoken to like the senses of the real world. She could hear the birds. She could hear people laughing and she was having emotional moments. She had a new perspective and she turned and looked at that woman and she said, you're beautiful. Yes. Most people would go, "Ew, old woman. Right. Yeah. She had swollen ankles. She was wearing Frumpy clothes. Frumpy, frumpy clothes. We use the word frumpy. Exactly. I just did it. Exactly. I just did that to her. And I'm like, oh, she was old, you know? She's old. And mm. she turned to her, the older woman, and she said, I know it. Yes. Very confidently, I know it. 
Yeah. I know. And that's the start right there. Is that's the key yourself. Yeah. Not judging. Right. Giving people positive affirmations. Seeing the beauty in other people. Yes. Recognizing. And not pointing out the things that you don't think are beautiful about them because that's not your prerogative to tell other people that they're unattractive or that they're not smart or, oh, you're short. Like, why? They know how tall they are. They don't need to be told that they're short. Right. Because those things make us have those emotional feelings of insecurity. Right. Well, and do you think that um, we're, we're going back to Tolly here? Everything goes back to Eckhart Tolly. Um, those things, like I was talking about, shadow work, mirroring you, mirroring those um, those things that you hated in Barbie. Um, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I can't remember which one it was, but um, how if you see something you don't like, there's usually a reason for that, and it's because it's it's bouncing on something in you like reflecting like a mm -hmm. mirror and, and it's illuminating a part of yourself that you don't like. So either you don't like that sexy, beautiful Barbie because you feel insecure about yourself. And so what you reflect back to the world is that everything, nobody should be beautiful because I can't be beautiful or everybody should look like me or why can't, why can't there be a Barbie that looks like and sometimes me? it's just something that you're raised, like having a parent that right. tells you that, right. oh, don't wear that dress. You look like a hussy. Yes. Yes. I but, was going to say that generational trauma right there. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's, and there's yeah, all these things that, that, that's the first that, place right there. Yeah. yeah. Mothers it, raising their daughters. Right. And their and, sons. And the, but those are all things that Tolly talks about too, about getting, they're all ego driven. They're all ego driven. And once well, we get to... out of that ego of, of I'm better than you, I have to make myself better than you by hating you, by cutting you down. That brings me up. Um, things like those are all ego driven activities. And once we become aware of those and stop acting out of ego, then, um, and, and like I said, I just called that woman's clothes frumpy uh, I don't even remember what she was wearing, but that was the She was perception. wearing clothes of her generation. Yeah. And and that was the <laughs> perception. But we call that frumpy because she wasn't dressed up and sexy and beautiful. But if she was dressed up sexy, you would have been like, look at that granny. Why is she dressed up Why is up she sexy? dressed up like that? Because right. Dolly Parton gets some of that flack from right. people, too. Right. Well, people well, she gets flack like because a, she has breasts. I mean, People exactly. just have expectations about how somebody should look. At a certain age, you know, like here mm -hmm. I am about to turn 40 and I have blue hair. Yeah. And now like I, maybe blue haired old lady. No, not really. But, um, <laughs> you know, like. A, You're not the crone. <laughs> I know, right? Like uh, people d don't expect me to have colorful hair at right. 40. Right. But I think that is changing. I do think that is changing because I've, I've mentioned well, yeah, this before. Well, yeah, mine and Kristen's generation Oh, when we get that. old, we're all going to have like sagging tattoos and everything well, like that. But there's also, there are women who are my, my generation who are now coloring their hair. And I have a great deal of friends who have pink, purple, blue, green hair. I've, well, it, I've dyed a, mine too. a societal norm right it now. It is becoming, like a, yeah. But it, but you know, 10 years ago, they would have looked at us like, what is wrong with you? Um, but I think. Up. 
grow up, yeah. grow up. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that anymore. You're too old for that. Um, if you've got a, oh, there's a, there's a great commercial. I'm trying to remember what, uh, it's an eHarmony commercial and it's two girls sitting on the beach and they are, they're really cute, you know, and they're talking about how they shouldn't have to compromise or whatever. And then they notice this older woman on the beach. I don't know if y'all have seen this one or not. Um, she's probably in her late sixties, early seventies, maybe. And she's in a bathing suit. She's got a pretty voluptuous figure. She's bleached blonde, tan, um, little, little wrinkled, you know, she's of that. Age. She's her skin shows her age and she sits down in her chair and pulls the straps off of her, um, swimsuit down and puts her suntan lotion on and lays back her chair. And, and the girls are looking at her going, that's the ideal. That is the role model or what? I can't remember what their exact words are. She was totally a different ideal than most women would say is, you know, because she was, uh, you know, scantily dressed on. I can't see my mother wearing something like that or looking like that on the beach. You know, I'll, I'll just say it. She would never do that. Um, it would be like the lady sitting on the park bench if she had been mm-hmm. wearing that. Right. And so it's like, but they're idolizing it. She's, she's the role model. She is the one. And, and then, and then next to her is this little old man and he's putting lotion on his hairy chest and, you know, and they're, and it's like, be who you are, be mm-hmm. who you are, find the person that gets you. And I liked that because she was, she was different. She was a different standard and why is there a standard of what a woman should look like at that age or whatever and why is it not just as beautiful for this woman to be wrinkly and in um outdated clothing sitting on a park bench well that's a woman's like a fear like especially Hollywood getting wrinkles, oh, yeah. you know, women, well, women spend millions a, of dollars in plastic billions. surgery, bil- billions of dollars in plastic surgery, yeah. not to be wrinkled. Right. And one of my mom's fears was gray hair. My mom every month oh, I know spent lots of women who... hundreds of dollars on her hair. And my grandma was the same way. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of dollars every month. My grandmother went weekly to get her hair done so that she would not have gray hair hair. exactly and and but you know those those standards i think those standards need to be done away with i think it should be whatever you know embrace the gray like jamie lee curtis i have my gray i do not color my gray now i i have colored my hair green but it wasn't to color the gray it was just to be green um but i don't color my gray at all um, I earned every gray hair I have. <laughs> Amen. See, I only have gray like around like my temples, but yeah. it refuses to be covered even if yeah. I try. I <laughs> I don't uh, try to eliminate my wrinkles. I earned those as well. Um, I do try to lose weight. And this goes back to that be thin, be healthy monologue. Um, but, but, you know, I like I say, I, I think the only way to heal this world and make us come to this place where 
where we fix those problems is to first be happy with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and then also to show other people, uh, the men that by giving us power, we are not taking away power from them. We are adding to the power. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. They're afraid. Well, and, and that's another, that's another, another story topic. for another that's time. Another yeah. topic. Hi guys, we are going to pause this episode right now and come back with another uh, part of it later. We've already um, gotten into a lengthy bit of discussion here and we haven't even touched barely. No, no we haven't. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more that we want to talk about. So um, we're going to pick this back up with a addition to this episode. So this is a great stopping point and join us back for the second half of our discussion about Barbie. And we'll resume the conversation then. Bye.